righty, let's bring on host of the All American Sports Podcast. It's Chris Carr. Chris, again, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, JJ, for having me on. Uh, honor to be here. I have to talk sports today. Yeah, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for messaging me right away. That was really great. Um, some of my, uh, some of my, uh, some of the people that I interview don't, uh, or sometimes don't respond to me right away. So that was great. Um, thankfully, we got all this scheduled and we had no no complications. Um, now let's talk about more of your podcast, and we'll get to the NFC and AFC Championship game and the crazy offseason that's going to be. Um, all your listeners, are, or most of your listeners are probably listening now. They know about your podcast, but most of my listeners don't. So if you want to kind of mention about your podcast, what you do, and of course the sports podcast, but tell us more what you do and um, how long you've been doing it for and if there's any upcoming events coming on your podcast. Uh, yeah, so if you guys don't know, I'm a high school senior. I've pretty much been doing this, like, I mean, I, now I, I think it's been probably like four or five years, a little bit on and off, but I've I've really been um, focusing on now, I mean, doing podcast episodes, obviously, with some guests uh, like JJ here, but um, I also write some articles. You guys can find them all in my bio, and then my actual Instagram posts themselves, which you guys are probably going to see. Um, I just do everything, you know, I kind of cover all four major sports. Um, I love to just kind of share my knowledge. It's a nice outlet for me, uh, college and professional sports, and just kind of cover, like, the big topics. Um, so, you know, exciting, especially with the NFL. It's one of my favorite sports to cover. Uh, we got a lot going on right now, you know, with AFC, NFC Championship, Super Bowl, and offseason. So thanks again, JJ, for having me on. I'm excited to come on today and talk about the NFL. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's going to be a wild offseason. And then, of course, we got the NFC and AFC Championship this week. And, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And, again, thanks for coming on. And, yeah, like I said, your website, again, all the links will be down in the description below. But your website's great. Eventually, I'm going to get a website. I keep on saying I'm going to get one. I would like to put articles on there, too. So that's really cool. Of course, go check out his website. Again, all the links will be down in the description below. Let's just get started. Um, the big news right now in the NFL world and kind of the sports world, to be honest. Uh, but Lamar Jackson's contract situation um, it seems like a lot of people think this is headed for a divorce. I just can't see the Ravens getting rid of Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to stay. I think they're first of all going to franchise tag him, and then he's eventually going to get what he wants. Um, but what do you think of the whole deal? And do you think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens uh, part ways this offseason? Yeah, well, no, I, I agree with you, JJ. And I think I kind of, when I look at Lamar Jackson's contract situation, I kind of compare it to Dak Prescott's from a few years ago, mm -hmm. where he, you know, he kind of had that ACL tear. Lamar really didn't have that big of an injury, but it took out him for, you know, basically the whole second half of the year into the playoffs. And that kind of revealed his true value to the Ravens. You know, they brought in Tyler Huntley, a serviceable backup, but they really had to rely on their defense. I mean, Lamar, especially, is a top five quarterback. And in today's league, which is so quarterback-driven, it's hard to find talent like that. It's a process to come in. Um, and I think the Ravens are going to give him what he wants. I think he's a top-five quarterback in this league. He deserves it. Um, they seem to be making him a priority as well, especially with the offensive coordinator um, and, you know, search right now. It seemed like they're giving him a big role. So clearly they want to make him you know, the foundation of this team. I think they're going to give him more. Yeah, I agree with you, too. And like I said, the media, I think, is trying to, you know, the media is, I think, making, uh, it's not necessarily uh, anthill, but I feel like it's not as big as what people are saying. I yeah. do think that, like, as you were mentioning, I do think they'll come to terms on a deal, and I think it will be much bigger because 
people keep on reporting that it was 133 guaranteed as they offered him. And then someone reported that that wasn't actually true. They're not exactly sure how much they report or how much they gave him. But I think, and I, I also agree with you saying that he's a top five quarterback. Um, the Ravens since 2021 without him, they're three and eight and the yeah. offense has scored 17 points or more than 17 points. Like are at least once or twice, but their offense is not very good without Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley does what he can do, but he's a backup quarterback, and he's just not Lamar Jackson. Um, if Let's just say Lamar Jackson and the Ravens do end up parting ways, which I don't think they will happen, but what team do you think would be would offer Lamar Jackson the money that he's offering, and what team do you think outside the Ravens would either trade or sign Lamar Jackson in the offseason? Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams right now, especially, you know, because Lamar, uh, you know, when he kind of decided to really not play, it could have ended with an injury, but a lot of people speculated that this relationship was broken. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, he's a big injury risk. He's going to be a risk for teams, but that talent is um, so prevalent that I think, uh, you know, a team that's been brought up a lot with quarterback issues, the New York Jets, I think they're mm-hmm. definitely in the market for a quarterback. Um, the Miami Dolphins with Tua Tungabayaloa, we don't know what his situation is like, but a guy like Lamar, you know, even the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, really any team could use him. Um, but the thing is, you know, his play style is so unique that you're going to have to adapt the rest of the offense to build around him. But with his talent, I really think anybody in the league could use him, aside from a few. He's still young. Uh, there comes with a risk with the injury. You're going to have to pay him a lot. But that talent, as I mentioned, could really fit any team in the yeah, and like I said, too, it's, um, you know, I think he can run a lot of different type of offenses. Someone mentioned, too, that I kind of forgot about, that at Louisville, he actually ran a pro-style offense. So it's not like he has to run the one type of offense. And especially when the Ravens fired Greg Roman, they said Lamar Jackson would be part of the um, hiring of the offensive coordinator. I feel like that's kind of another point where he's probably going to stay. Uh, the yeah. As you mentioned, the Falcons. Uh, the Jets reportedly were interested, but now they hire Nathaniel Hackett, and I feel like they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we'll see what happens there, and um, that's what we'll talk about next. But I think Lamar Jackson's going to stay. I think if he does leave, there's a lot of places. The Jets actually wouldn't be horrible because they have a lot of good um, young talent like Garrett Wilson whenever Brees Hall comes back. They also have Sauce Gardner. He's on the defensive side, but the Jets have a lot of options. I heard Washington. Um they have a lot. They have a lot. They have a good team, but the problem is, I don't know if you'd want to go in that situation, especially with the owner. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to go there. That's a that's a pretty hostile place right now. But um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, as we just mentioned. Um, there's rumors that he might be going to the Jets. I feel like we're at the same song and dance every year, but it seems like this year to be the most legit because he did kind of fall off a little bit. He's. I think he's still a really good quarterback, but he fell off a bit. Do you think Rodgers? will leave Green Bay this offseason? Yeah, it's tough because, you know, unlike Lamar and, and, you know, even Brady, any any really quarterback is in the market for a change this offseason. Rodgers, I find to be the most unpredictable. I mean, this guy has gone through so much turmoil in the past year or so. Um, You know, as you mentioned last year, we really thought that was, you know, coming to an end for him in Green Bay. I think it's in Green Bay's best interest to let him go, despite his talent and everything he's done for the organization. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I mean, he, he has one more year left in his contract before he can opt out. Um, this team was so close to playoffs. They have a lot of you know young talent that's been coming up through the ranks. Christian Watson. I think this team, uh, you know, will stick with him for another year. 
and then Rodgers ends out after. It's just so unpredictable, and mm-hmm. it's hard for a team. I, I know the talent is there, but when you see all the quarterbacks now, like in the AFC NFC Championship, they're on rookie deals. They're all younger guys. You see Aaron Rodgers, you see that personality, the kind of person he is, and it's tough to, you know, fit him into a new locker room, build a culture around him. So I think he stays in Green Bay, where he's been his whole career, for at least another year. Yeah, and it's just, like I said, every year we see, is he going to go, is he going to stay, is he going to retire, is he going to leave to a different team? This is now Doomy Jordan Love's fourth year, and we really haven't seen much out of him. We did see him start against the Chiefs. He didn't look the best. He also didn't look – well, he looked all right when they played against the Lions a year ago at the final week of the year. I think he started in the second half. But it seems like we haven't seen enough Jordan Love, and this would be Jordan Love's fourth year. And when Aaron Rodgers' his first year, he was in his fourth year too. So it is kind of interesting how they do that. And I feel like it probably would be better for Green Bay to keep Rodgers, but – then again, I don't think they were going to admit that they were wrong by drafting Jordan Love. But then they also brought in Rodgers last year and gave him that huge contract. Now, yeah. there was reports that the contract is tradable and he is willing to take a pay cut. I don't know if that's actually true. Um, do you think Jordan Love is ready to be a starter next season? I think he is. And the one game I, I would say you forgot about a little bit is the Eagles game. And that went under a lot of people's minds. Oh, yeah. That was a blowout of a game but I thought he looked sharp I mean this kid was a first round pick the organization believes in him he's learning from one of the best and you know you look at what he can do in the football field he has all five tools to be a you know solid quarterback in this league it's hard to see because we really haven't um, you know seen him in any NFL action at all really Um, but at this point when you have a first round quarterback you can't just let him rot on the bench behind a guy like Aaron Rodgers they're not going anywhere with him um, you know, uh, at, at the most we've, we've seen this team in the past few years, and I just don't think they have some real caliber team with Aaron Rodgers anymore. They have to retool it. Um, and why not go with a younger guy like Jordan Love? I think he fits the timeline of this team a little bit more. Um, while Jair Alexander is still relatively young, you have A.J. Dillon, the young running back, Christian Watson. It seems like this team is kind of shifting to more of an infusion of youth, and Jordan Love kind of fits that mold. So I think at some time you're going to have to give him a chance when you take a guy that high in the draft, and now is the time for me. Because otherwise, I've been hearing reports that he's going to ask for a trade if Rodgers does commit this year for another few years. I forgot about that game of the Eagles you mentioned. He actually did look really good that game. I think he threw a touchdown, and I think he led them to two drives, and one was a touchdown, the other one was a field goal. But I completely forgot about that. He, yeah, he looked very incredible in that game. Or he looked very good in that game. And it's also interesting, too, because if Rodgers does stay another year, then I feel like Jordan Love has to ask for a trade. And I don't know what teams would be interested, but especially with his last showing against the Eagles, I think more teams would be would entertain the idea, like the Carolina Panthers maybe, or the Indianapolis Colts, or the New Orleans Saints for chance, or by chance, because they don't have a first-round pick this year. Um, they're kind of in trouble. They're kind of in no man's land right now, too. But another quarterback, too, that possibly is on the move, and this seems to be more realistic that he's on the move more than Aaron Rodgers more than Lamar Jackson but it's Tom Brady uh, he's the GOAT you know seven times world champion this year did not go over well they won the, they won a division in a very bad division um, then they got whooped by the or whooped by the Cowboys um, do you think Brady is done playing for the Bucks? yeah I think he's done playing for the Bucks. I don't I don't think he's done playing yet but this is a tough year all around for the Bucks and you know, knowing him, knowing Brady, he can't go out like this. He just got absolutely dismantled by the Cowboys in the playoffs. 
Um, they, as you mentioned, a terrible division. I mean, I don't know how a team that bad in the Bucks. I watched them all year. Um, there was just something holding back their offense. It seems like they really like need an infusion of youth. They need explosiveness in this offense. That's what it lacks. And Brady, I think, is done with this team. I heard reports that you know a few Bucks players would be shocked if he's back next year. And especially for some teams, you know, we saw. I think the Matthew Stafford uh, deal with the Rams with two years ago when they won the Super Bowl um, really changed the whole landscape of the NFL because now we're seeing a lot of these veteran quarterbacks like Rodgers and Brady more on the move and going to Super Bowl contending teams where they can easily slide in and turn a roster into a true Super Bowl contender. So I think Brady, the greatest quarterback ever, might be starting to lose a little bit of his ability, but there is definitely a market for him outside of Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I agree the same way because, yes, if he wins a Super Bowl, then he's going to definitely say he wants to go another year. But, yeah, with the way this year ended, I feel like that's a very – not a great way to go out. I feel like he's he's a bit – he's a bit um, it's a bit a sour way to go out. So I feel like he would want to come back. And he's been kind of – he really hasn't said a whole lot. Um, of course, it was a long year for him, especially with his divorce and all that. But I feel like a team that possibly could entertain the idea – I've heard of Miami – but I think the Raiders right now are the front runner to land Brady, and that would make a lot of sense, especially with Josh McDaniels being there. They're done with Derek Carr, it's obvious. I don't think they have a high enough draft pick to really take a quarterback, even though there is a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. Um, they could go out and get maybe a Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, but it just seems like it's going to end up being Tom Brady. Where do you think Brady, if he does leave the box, where do you think he'll end up uh, this yeah. or next season? I was going to say the Raiders, too. They're, they're the number one team. I'd say anywhere really but Tampa. There's no way, you know, Brady, at this point in his career, he needs a good situation around mm-hmm. him to be successful. So uh, two teams came to mind right off the bat. I would say Las Vegas. Obviously, he has the connection there with his uh, former offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. He has the help of the best wide receiver in football, perhaps, in Devontae Adams. But another team comes to mind, and if this team really does not win the Super Bowl, um, it's going to be a lot of consecutive seasons now making it so close but not making the leap to Super Bowl champions is the San Francisco 49ers. I, I, you know, it's interesting because now we're seeing the emergence of Brock Purdy, but I feel like Brady could slide in there. He has, you know, easy work to do with all that, you know, the weapons around him and easy offense to operate in. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a very, you know, gifted play caller. So those two teams, San Francisco and Las Vegas, come to mind for me. Yeah, San Francisco would be interesting, too, because I feel like they're done with Jimmy Garoppolo. He played well this year, but looking how good Brock Purdy is, I feel like they're going to either they're gonna keep Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, and Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of the odd man out here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Brady went to the Niners. That would be interesting because it also be – we also would wonder if Trey Lance would stay there or if he would just leave or what would happen with Brock Purdy. Now, he's kind of under team control for a while, but – um, it would be a bit entertaining to see what happens with Brady if he decides to go with the Niners. Um, I definitely think he wants to go west because he is from California. And like I said, as you mentioned, um, if he goes to the Niners, he's paired up with Kyle Shanahan. Um, I mean, it'll just be it'll just be interesting to see where Brady ends up. Um, the Raiders or Niners make the most sense as of now. Um, recently, or what happened on Thursday at the time of this recording is the Panthers were the first team to hire a coach. They were also the first team to fire a coach, but they hired former Colts coach uh, Frank Reich. Do you um, Were you surprised by that hire? 
Yeah, you know what? I, I was a little bit, especially with the uh, the way Steve Wilkes really finished that season mm-hmm. in Carolina and all the players advocated for him. It seemed like kind of a no-brainer for the Panthers organization uh, to keep Steve Wilkes on as head coach. And uh, speaking of Steve Wilkes, do you think he'll stay on with the Panthers or do you think he'll try to go somewhere else? I was going to say I hope so. Uh, to this point, it's it's hard to see because he did you know finish the year so well, but he also has you know a three and thirteen record on his resume with that terrible year with Josh Rosen and the Cardinals. So his resume isn't exactly great, and especially this year, I really think we saw like the emergence of how important coaching is in the NFL. Um, we had you know a bunch of terrific head coaches and first year coaches too, like Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, carry those teams you know from. Know, in the basement of the NFL, the playoff teams. So uh, it's it's hard to see a team really put their trust in Steve Wilkes because it's not the Panthers. Um, and I, I hope he stays on staff because he is so valuable and he's really a guy who's earned the respect of the players there in Carolina. Yeah, I was a bit surprised when I hired too because I know teams don't like to hire interim coaches very much, uh, but it seemed like he would have been the most obvious, especially over like Jeff Saturday or something. But it We'll see what happens, but the Panthers still have to do one thing that they still can't figure out ever since David Tepper took over the team. They need to find their quarterback, and they kind of have a bad spot to draft a quarterback because it feels like they either have to trade for a veteran or, I mean, they could get Lamar Jackson realistically, but I don't think Lamar's going to Carolina. And also, on the top of that, they would have to trade up to get either a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young or even a Will Levis. Um if the Panthers do not go and trade for a Derek Carr or sign Lamar Jackson or go for a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, do you think they would trade up for that for a top three pick to get one of those quarterbacks in this year's draft? Yeah, you know what? I think they would, especially because Frank Reich, if you look at his years in Indianapolis, they tried this route over and over again. It's kind of mm-hmm. seemed like a revolving door of you know free agent veteran quarterbacks coming in with Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers. Saw Matt Ryan and Nick Foles this year. It was a disaster the past few years in Indianapolis. Now he moves on to Carolina. It's also been a disaster at the quarterback position. Uh, David Tapper, as we know, is an aggressive owner. He is impatient. He wants his franchise to win, especially in a division that is really wide open um, and that number one pick on the market. I think the Panthers have the draft capital um, and the assets to trade up, and I think they will trade up for a top pick rather than stay where they are. Because you're right, it's the number four pick, I believe, but it is still a tough situation to draft a quarterback there uh, because of the situation at the top of the draft. Well, and yeah, like I said, Carolina has a lot of those picks from the Christian McCaffrey trade, and they kept D.J. Moore, and I think they're going to build on D.J. Moore and Brian Burns. But it just feels like the Panthers, I mean, they've had so many different quarterbacks ever since David Tepper took over in, was it 2018 or 2019? They had Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. Then they had Teddy Bridgewater. Then they had Sam Darnold. Then they had Baker Mayfield. Then they brought back Sam Darnold. And then they released Baker Mayfield. They try out P.J. Walker. It seems like they've tried so many quarterbacks. And like the Colts, I think they just need to start over and just draft a quarterback, whoever that may be. It could end up just being Anthony Richardson, who they try to uh, draft, or it could be a Will Levis. But I feel like they need to, like, just like the Colts, they need to start over, get the quarterback, and go on from there. Um, let's talk about uh, the teams that are no longer in the playoffs, two teams that are kind of on the opposite uh, sides. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars that looked really good and shocked a lot of people by winning a playoff game and almost being the Chiefs. And then you have the Cowboys, who were not good, and, I mean, they beat the box, but they got, they did not, their offense looked horrible against the Niners, or just didn't look good. Um, let's start with, let's start with the good, right, Jacksonville Jaguars, 
were you, or I mean, were you even seeing, or were you expecting them to do this well? No, no, I mean, not at all. It, it's mm-hmm. really hard to, you know, shift the culture that quickly with Urban Meyer and, you know, everyone's comments about him, even the players, you know, after he left that organization. I mean, that was a complete disaster. And we know, you know, like Carolina, we just saw Matt Rule, it's a huge risk taking a college coach, bring him into the NFL level. And then, you know, you hire an experienced guy like Doug Peterson, very similar situation to Carolina, actually, coaching-wise. Um, and, I mean, there there is really talent everywhere now that we look. And, you know, guys that we weren't expecting, like Tyson Campbell at the cornerback position was one of, like, pro football focuses, like, highest-graded corners this year. Complete breakout player. Uh, I don't think anyone expected Christian Kirk or Evan Engram uh, to do this well. You know, everyone was critiquing their – uh, the way that they spent money in this offseason. And with Trevor Lawrence's, you know, disappointing year, we all knew he was special, but we figured, you know, this is a college quarterback. Maybe he won't pan out in the NFL. And they really proved everyone wrong. Uh, I think this division also we thought would probably be a lot more talented with teams at the top like the Colts who were promising, uh, the Titans. You know, this division just seemed like, like Jacksonville would probably stay where they are and slowly build up to be a contender in a few years. I don't think anybody thought it would happen this quickly. Yeah, and you, as you were mentioning, Trevor Lawrence looked great. I think he threw more interceptions last year than touchdowns. And it seems like Trevor Lawrence did take that next step. Uh, they also pointed out that he had never lost on Saturdays or on Saturday until um, last week. But where do you think Trevor Lawrence ranks among quarterbacks? He's not top 10, but did you, did you think he cracked the top 15? Yeah, you know what? I think he did. It's, it's hard to say because he's still unproven and we've only mm-hmm. really seen a year of successful football. Um, but I, I think he definitely cracked the top 15. I, I'd put him just outside the top 10 now um, because there's so many talent, you know, so much talent in this league. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, you know, Rodgers, Brady, Derek Carr, Lamar, all these quarterbacks were in places who were all above him. But I think Trevor Lawrence proved himself to be a top 15 quarterback. And I think by next year, uh, this won't even be a conversation whether he's in the top 10 quarterbacks. And uh, let's go on to the other, um, onto the ugly, as the Cowboys' offense looked. Who do you think is more to blame for the Cowboys? Do you think it's Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore? It's definitely not the defense because they did all they did. I mean, they weren't the best in the fourth quarter, but they got tired. But who do you think is to blame more for the Cowboys' offensive struggles? Yeah, you know what? And I, I hate to say it, I, I think it's Dak Prescott. Don't you? I, I think it's Prescott. It, it seemed to be kind of a lot of all three, I think kind of a mix. And Prescott, he looked good against the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers weren't a good team. I mean, they probably should have been in the playoffs, but they benefited from having being in one of the worst divisions of all time. But I feel like it was kind of an all mix of Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott. I mean, I think they just they all did not do well. It, but. it definitely is, and it's hard to assess blame. But when this team you know, paid Dak as much as they did and they still can't make it over the hump, like, I mean, Kellen Moore is the play caller. I, I mean, you can argue some of the plays weren't great, like especially at the end. But it's hard to just blame the offensive play caller because Dak is, you know, going out there next mm-hmm. year. And Mike McCarthy obviously hasn't done the best job, but he's, yeah. you know, he's won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Um, I think he's proven himself to not be fit for the job. But you know, when you look at the offense as a whole, you mentioned the defense and everything they did. This is a hard San Francisco 49ers offense to really attack and um the offense just 
every year they seem to be great in the regular season. I, you know, at one point, I know I made a post. I put them in the Super Bowl contenders list, like, without, you know, even thinking about it. And once they get down to, you know, prime time under the spotlight, this offense just seems to kind of disappear. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the Cowboys did pay Dak Prescott a lot of money, and they were expecting him to take that next step. And we thought he was taking that next step, but then he kind of – the Cowboys did what the Cowboys do, especially when the Chargers did the same thing. The Cowboys and Chargers were kind of in that same boat where I don't trust them, and I actually trusted them too much this year, and it really uh, maybe looked bad. But I think Prescott is to blame. He did not play very well. He should have probably threw three interceptions instead of two, and they almost won, which is how good that defense is. Um, and as you mentioned, Mike McCarthy, he's not he's not the best, but he's got a Super Bowl, and he's led the Cowboys to back to back twelve playoff or twelve wins, and they made the playoffs in the last two years. They um uh they they're they or no they didn't win the or they won the division last year I think if I can remember right, but um as well the Eagles won this year, but it's still I mean there is still a lot of blame, but I feel like all the blame should be on the three. But yeah, Dak Prescott deserves a lot of blame, especially with how poor they played. Um, I was going to say the interception problem, too, seemed to be really prevalent at the end of the season. Like, he missed a huge chunk of the season, and he still, you know, like, led the league in, in turnover ratio and negative light. So that, you know, you cannot turn the ball over that much, especially when you have a great running game, terrific offensive line, and a weapon like C.D. Lamb. And what do you think, and I've heard it too, that the Cowboys might need to get more receivers, and they probably shouldn't have got rid of Amari Cooper. I think that was huge. But what do you think the Cowboys will do with Cooper Rush? He's definitely not going to be their starter next year, but do you think he's on a different team next year? Yeah, he's another guy who I think proved himself. And, um, you know, he was like 5-0 and all before that. I remember in Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. Um, and, I mean, the Eagles were just simply the better team. It wasn't really mm-hmm. his fault. Um and, you know, it's hard to really put trust in him because we talk about Jordan Love. I mean, it's another guy you haven't seen a lot. And mm-hmm. to, you know, make him a starting quarterback probably isn't the right decision. But with that being said, I think a team will give him money. Um, we've seen, you know, a lot of quarterbacks go down to injuries. And he's proven himself to be a, at least a serviceable back in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll find himself in a different team next year with a, uh, a decent amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, because Cooper Rush played well, as you mentioned. Yeah, he lost to the Eagles, but the Eagles were outside the Chiefs were the best team in football, and I do think the Eagles aren't getting as much of as much praise as they should. Um, but I mean, yeah, Cooper Rush played well. He didn't have the best stats, but I mean, his job was just to win games while Dak was out, and I kind of forgot about that because it was such a long time ago. But yeah, I think he went four and one as the starter, and I think yeah, he threw. And I remember at one point where there was like, should we? bring Dak back when he's healthy and make him the starter or keep Cooper Rush, which seems ridiculous now, but yeah. it was a real debate, I remember. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, too, the Saints are going to be looking for a quarterback this year because they can't draft one because they don't have a first-round pick, and it would be interesting to see where he goes. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will end up in New Orleans, but it's it's interesting to see where Cooper Rush would be, and I feel like the Cowboys, if I think they can trade him because I don't think he's a free agent. I think the Cowboys need to trade him, but one more question on the Cowboys before we jump to the AFC and the NFC Championship games. Or actually, before we jump, let's start talking let's do before we jump to Sean Payton. But um, do you think the Cowboys need to add more talent on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, it's tough to say because, I mean, you know, their needs are really, like, super specific, which kind of speaks to, you know, how um, complete they are as a team. Like, I think the really only thing this team needs 
Um, but, you know, because they have talent basically everywhere else in the field when you look at it, is a second wide receiver behind C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like, yeah, Amari Cooper was that guy. They moved on from him. There was rumors of Odell Beckham all year long. And Noah Brown played well. They brought in T.Y. Hilton, but they never found a true answer there, especially yeah. with Dalton Schultz likely departing due to free agency. They have some talent there, young talent um, behind him with Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot at tight end. So I think a second wide receiver makes sense, especially with some freed-up cap space uh, due to Dalton Schultz likely moving away to the team in free agency. Yeah, that's that's another good point as well. And a lot of people were saying, too, that, you know, Zeke is no longer the best running back even on the team. It's Tony Pollard, which I would probably agree. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, it looks like he's available. I mean, maybe a trade. This, this probably wouldn't work, but maybe you swap Zeke out for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. It would be kind of a thought, but it probably wouldn't happen. But it would be entertaining to see what the Cowboys do because I think when they moved on from Amari Cooper, that wasn't the best idea, and they should have just paid – I mean, I think they would have had the money, maybe not because they paid Prescott so much, but um, I mean, we'll see what Dallas does. But uh, let's talk about Sean Payton a little bit, too. It looks like that the Broncos really want Sean Payton, but it kind of seems like there's been rumors that Sean Payton might go back to the uh, go back to the broadcasting booth and just stay another year as unretired or stay another year of retired from coaching. Do you think Sean Payton or where do you think he ends up with a team next year or do you think he's back at Fox? Yeah, because I, th- I think that question depends on two things. Um, is And it really it has to do with one team, because I think there's one team in the market for him now, which is the Denver Broncos. Um, there probably are others, but they seem like the only team. And the question is, are they willing to give up that draft capital to the New Orleans Saints because they still mm-hmm. have the right to them, so they have to trade? Um, it sounds like you know a high draft pick, maybe two. And Sean Payton is seeking like a 20 plus million dollar deal a year. And that's a lot for a head coach. I mean, Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints, I think 2009. Um, But are you willing to spend that money and try to turn your franchise around, especially Denver, who was already in cap trouble, as we know, to, you know, Russell Wilson, they're spending a lot of money on him. um, And they don't have a lot of draft capital in the first place because of that trade. So that's a question that Denver has to be willing to answer because um, otherwise, yeah, I think Sean Payton will find himself back to the broadcast booth. I don't think there's any other team that would be willing to give up that much draft capital and money considering all the other candidates uh, seem to be you know, younger teams. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, Arizona seems to be like another team possibly. I do know that Sean Payton likes Kyler Murray. But, I mean, really, would you want to either pick your quarterback or would you want to have a quarterback already set up? And I feel like that's it really depends on what who, what coach you hire. And also, too, it's reported that Sean Payton wants to hire or wants to have Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. And even though the Broncos' ownership is different and the team is pretty much different, I don't know if they'd want to bring back Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. So I feel like that's kind of a tricky situation. And um, as you mentioned, too, they don't really have much. Well, they have technically money. I mean, it's Walmart pretty much owns the Broncos. But, I mean, they don't have a lot of draft capital. And on top of that, New Orleans is probably going to want at least two first-round picks. So it's kind of complicated, as you were mentioning. But we'll see what happens with uh, Sean Payton, the Broncos, even the Cardinals. We'll see what happens there. Um, let's start talking about the NFC and AFC Championship game. The AFC Championship game, I think, is the I think the NFC game is uh, first. But for the AFC Championship, kind of the big story right now is the health of Patrick Mahomes. He's going to play. 
But how do you think that? How do you think the Chiefs are going to play Mahomes now that he really isn't very mobile? Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, I think he's going to play. You know, you look at a high ankle sprain, and for most players, it's around a few weeks. I mean, he returned back in the same exact game, so that shows you how much he wants to be out there. The Chiefs are not going to let the best quarterback in the league sit out the AFC Championship game uh, with this type of injury. Um, with that being said, though, this is a bra- or, uh, Bengals team rather that is extremely balanced. Uh, they have a great and very underrated defense, especially their defensive front. Like Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, uh, they get to the quarterback. So if you're Kansas City, you're going to be looking at a lot more of the running game involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, I put out a post the other day that's kind of keys to the game. I think they need to control the clock more. You know, keep Joe Burrow off the field. You do that by starting with the running game. Some mm-hmm. easier plays. I mean, this is how it, it, I, I this is how I would imagine the offense would be without a guy like Patrick Mahomes at home because they have a lot of speed and it's mm-hmm. really about getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers, not really downfield but short passes and allow them to you know make plays downfield. So I think we'll see a lot more of the screen game, a lot more of the run game because they have a great offensive line as well. Yeah, and two with the uh, well with the Chiefs. I mean, they do have a pretty good running back. I mean, that was a that was a great. I think it was a seventh round draft pick, Isaiah Prochecco. That was a gem. Yeah. The Chiefs did, and I feel like it's going to be a lot of quick passing. And I mean, the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs three times in the span of one year, um, which no other team can really say that. Um, but I feel like it's going to be much different. And I I got a feeling that the Bengals are going to win this game again, just because. If Patrick Mahomes isn't a hundred percent, it doesn't even look like he's he's probably he practiced a little bit this week, but I doubt he really does a lot. So that's going to be a huge part in the Chiefs. And as you mentioned, the Bengals are extremely balanced. Um, they've been here before. They're young, but they've been here before. Uh, Zach Taylor seems to be a much better coach in his first year. Um, so we'll see what happens. And of course, they have all that experience from last year, going from the Super Bowl last year and being very close to winning it all. Um, on the Bengals side of the uh, Bengals side of the view, a lot of people are saying that Joe Burrow has passed Josh Allen as the second best quarterback, and I still think that. I mean, this is going to be on. Uh, I still think Aaron Rodgers is number two. But where do you think? Did you think Joe Burrow has passed Josh Allen? And where do you think Joe Burrow ranks among quarterbacks? Yeah, you know, I I know me and my friends, and if you guys are listening to this right now, we have this debate like all year: Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I think then in leading up to that game, it kind of felt like this is, you know, who's going to be the best quarterback? Who's going to outplay who? Who's going to surpass who? Because I thought before this game, Josh Allen is too talented. He's got to be above him. But mm-hmm. Joe Burrow proved me wrong, and it wasn't like it was an absolute shootout and it could have gone to anyone. Joe Burrow won the Bengals this game, and Josh Allen just, I don't know what happened. It, mm-hmm. He just did not look like himself out there. And that's in a huge spotlight. We saw this time and time and again with Josh Allen. He can't break through and get to a Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes have done that. I think they are the one and two in this league now. As much as I love those guys like Rodgers and Brady, I think they're talented. I, I think this is a new era of the NFL. And uh, those three guys are ahead of them. I'd rank uh, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen as one, two, and three in that order. Okay, and yeah, and like I said, you mentioned the Bills. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't mention them earlier. But Josh, it seemed like too in that game, Buffalo. I mean, Stephon Diggs had the, was not happy after that game. But it seemed like Buffalo, as much as they get snow, it seemed like they were shocked by they. They just didn't look very good, especially in the snow. It seemed like they were a little bit surprised that there was so much snow. I don't know. It was just it was just in my opinion, it just seemed like they didn't play well 
in that snow. And that's crazy to say because, you know, the Bills, I mean, it snows all the time in Buffalo. But it seemed like... It should have been Cincinnati who was afraid of the snow. Yeah, exactly. And it just didn't seem like, yeah, as you mentioned, Josh Allen wasn't, uh, just wasn't himself. And it also brings up to a point where, do you think Buffalo needs to draft or do something at the running back position? Because that was one one, uh, one area where they were very weak. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, like they need obviously more talent there. But honestly, even if they work with the talent that they've got, they need to just, you know, focus on the run game more. Because mm-hmm. it's really absent, you know, from their team. You know, they're, they're a team that's almost meant to play, like, from behind almost. You know, because they don't lean on the run game at all. Uh, they don't really have an offensive identity, especially – you know, late in the season in these playoff games, it kind of just seems like Josh Allen is freelancing out there doing whatever he wants. Yeah. They have to build up the O-line a little bit more because um, I think running back is a very, very, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, just, e- just easily replaceable position in the NFL mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, so they, they have talent there, but they just need to focus and make that a more focal point of their offense, I think, the running game and have something for Josh Allen to lean on in a game like this where he isn't playing, you know, 100% of his game. Yeah, and I think he was, was he the leading rusher on the Bills, I think, this year? Yeah, no, he was. Uh, yeah. Which is crazy to say, and they did use a variety of running backs, but that, your quarterback, especially a guy like Josh Allen, who's not a run-first guy, should never be leading rusher. That's a sign if something's wrong. And as, as, we're, as we're talking about Josh Allen, and I've heard a lot of it about this lately, do you think Josh Allen and Cam Newton have a lot of similarities? Yeah, you know what? I actually I did see that the other day, and I I don't. I mean, it, it, Cam Newton seemed honestly to me more like a one year wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was successful in college, and you know he was great and all that. He got drafted in the NFL. He had you know one or two great years in his prime, but his prime is very short. You know, Josh Allen is just getting started. Certainly, yeah, he struggled his first year or two in the league. But this guy is here to stay. I mean, he, he, you see his arm talent. Um, he was great. He wasn't a college superstar like Cam Newton. Um, he came in and was a very risky pick by the Bills, in my opinion. But uh, with his arm strength, he's here to stay. You know, he's going to win, I think, a Super Bowl at this point, in his, you know, at some point in his career. Um, he's got a great team around him. The Bills are going to be competitive, I think, for a while. Um, and he's going to be up there when we talk about elite quarterbacks in this league. Uh, for years to come okay and another team too that lost is the new york giants i feel like the giants are kind of in the jaguars boat where they've they lost but it seemed like they improved as a team because they won a playoff game what do you think the giants will do with daniel jones and saquon barkley it seems like they're probably going to franchise tag jones and give barkley the deal or vice versa but what do you think with the what the giants do with jones and barkley yeah, you know, I was going to say, yeah, you're right. They are like Jacksonville because they did surpass expectations. This is mm-hmm. still a young team. But unlike Jacksonville, you're right. They have a lot of holes to fill uh, because they have so many key free agents. So those two, I, I think, are, are huge. And Daniel Jones is too good. You can't move off him after the way he played uh, against the Vikings. This was his prove-it year, and he did prove it. So you have to give him that deal. I think they will give him the money. Um, and... You know, if anything, you're going to franchise tag Barkley. I don't think you can give him the deal just because, you know, Daniel Jones did all of this success and carried this team to, you know, not just the first round playoffs. They won a playoff game, which is huge. We don't see this team do that a lot, at least in recent years. 
Um, so I think they have to make him a priority over Barkley, which might be, you know, debatable. Um, but I think a quarterback is such a more valuable position than running back, even if Saquon's more talented. He's dealt with injury issues. Um, and I think this O-line is good enough where you can honestly replace him and bring in, you know, a younger guy and get similar results, especially because I think they need to build up this receiving core. Uh, Daniel Jones' wide receiver one was basically – Darius Slayton and then Isaiah Hodgins behind him in the playoffs. That should never happen. Uh, this yeah. team is, you know, it's still a lot of work to do, but I think they should give Daniel Jones the money. I think they will give him the money. And then what they do with Barkley, I think, yeah, franchise tag makes sense, but I don't think they can afford to pay him a big long-term deal like he is probably seeking. And what do you think the Giants would give Daniel Jones? Because I feel like giving him $200 million guaranteed might be a bit excessive, but I feel like he's going to say, oh, we won a playoff game, he improved. And I feel like every... I mean, the quarterback money is just going up and up and up, and it seems like the next person is going to get the biggest deal. Where do you think the Giants will go with Daniel Jones in contract-wise? Yeah, you know, especially because of their hesitancy early on you know, this year, I don't think they're going to give him like a four- or five-year deal. I think this was Brian Dable coming in, kind of showing the Brian Dable effect and improving the quarterback. That's not to say Daniel Jones doesn't deserve a contract extension. I'm thinking more like a three-year deal makes sense and yeah 200 million guaranteed would be crazy but it, it's tough to say because he's not he's not around you know that kyler murray or, or mm-hmm. that prescott range or anything like that i think you know a little bit under that would make would make a lot of sense for like do three three or so years would, would be ideal and i think that's what they're gonna give him do you think like a three-year 90 million dollar deal would be what they would give him or do you think that'd be a little too low and he would just become a free agent after that it's tough because a guy like daniel jones it's similar because he hasn't really proved himself for a while now he's still young i think 90 million would honestly be a bit too high i think this is a situation where he's found himself with a good head coach um it seems like an offense and defense that is really on the rise the young team i think he'd take like three years or 25 million a year um would be probably the right deal but I, I might be off on that. Well, you mentioned that deal, and I feel like if uh, Baker Mayfield would have taken that offer from the Browns, he'd still be the quarterback for the uh, Browns, yeah. and instead they went to Sean Watson a lot more expensive, which is also making things worse for other teams because now they can't pay it. Now they, I mean, Deshaun Watson getting that big deal with the Browns, Lamar Jackson is better than Deshaun Watson. He wants a bigger deal, and now owners are too cheap and don't want to are now all mad at the Browns because they don't want to give their quarterbacks guaranteed money. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, man, I don't, I don't know if I was the giants, I might do the opposite. I know it's hard. I mean, Barkley's been hurt, what his second, third and fourth year, but yeah. he is that team. I feel like, and the offense goes through him. And I think if you franchise tag Jones and you can only use the tag on one player, I think is how it works. So I yeah. think if you franchise tag Jones, you see what he can do. And I mean, we'll just go from there, I guess. And yeah, they do need better receivers. Um, they're one of the teams out like the Lions or not the Lions, like the Packers and Ravens and Bears who need to improve their receiving core. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be entertaining to see what Jones does or what the Giants do with both Jones and Barkley. So let's go to the NFC Championship game between the Giants and um, or not between the Giants, between the Eagles and Niners. The Eagles just crushed the Giants. They look really good. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, I feel like people are kind of sleeping on the Eagles, not giving them enough credit. Why do you think that is? Yeah, you know, and I, I think it's because inconsistency, especially towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost, you know, a couple games because they were 
you know, at the top of the league. And then, you know, people kind of started to raise questions. There was, you know, there's the NFL media was skeptical. It seemed like the Eagles all year long, just because you know, they haven't proven it yet. Nick Sirianni is in his second year, but don't forget, I mean, Jalen Hurts was hurt and this team was already in the driver's seat for the number one seat. Uh, they proved it though in the playoffs, you know, um, I know they had a little bit of a shaky first or yeah, first round. Uh, but then after that, I mean, we saw last week they dominated the Giants. And I, I, I don't know why I said first round. They were the number one seed so last week because of the game. Um, but towards the end of the season, they seemed shaky. And then once they got to the playoffs, they turned it up. This team, when they are at their peak, are, I think, the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, I mean, they haven't – there's been a few games where I know they lost to Washington, but Washington wasn't a bad team this year. Uh, they lost two other games without. They lost the Cowboys without Jalen Hurts, and they were zero two without Jalen Hurts. And it goes to also goes to show you how important Jalen Hurts is to the Eagles. But I feel like yeah, we're just giving them too much hate, and I feel like the Eagles are a much better team than people are thinking. Yes, they didn't have the biggest wins, and they didn't have the most impressive wins. But it's the NFL. It's not college football where if you only win by ten points against an unranked team or against a team who's lower, and you're a top ranked team, you're going to get dinged for that. You're just it just you're just there to win games, and I feel like. And the Eagles are much different than a team like the Vikings, who pretty much all year had those really close wins, and then when they came in the playoffs, they lost the Giants. But I feel like we need to put more respect in the Eagles. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, he was an MVP candidate. He might have won the MVP if he didn't miss those two games. Where do you think he ranks among the quarterbacks? Do you think he's – I mean, it might be a little too early from the top 10, but, I mean, he's definitely top 15, right? Yeah, you know, I think he's I think he's definitely top fifteen. And honestly, after the year he's having, uh, we've seen the ups and the downs of Jalen Hurts over the years, but this season especially, it seems like we've really only seen ups. Uh very few down moments from him. I think he has proven himself. I'd put him right you know, around like the ten spot for starting quarterback. But I think mm-hmm. after this year and the way he's playing in the playoffs, he has cracked that top ten, at least on my board. Yeah. And the Eagles did a great job on the off season. I mean, giving him AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. He's got a good tight end in Dallas Goddard. He was hurt a lot of the year, but then they went up and they have a great offensive line led by Jason Kelsey and Lane. Uh, yeah, Jason Kelsey. And then, of course, they have a solid running back in Miles Sanders. I wish the Ravens would do that with Lamar Jackson, give him those type of weapons. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Eagles were great. It also goes to show you when you give a quarterback weapons like that, he's going to become a very good quarterback. And I think Hurts, even without those guys, would be good, but not as good as he is because he's got weapons, so many weapons. But – um, but Jalen Hurts, too, where do you think he's in the MVP? He's probably not going to win it because he missed two games, but do you think he's second or third in the MVP race? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say because they did lose those two games, but especially even against, like, the Cowboys. That was such a good team, and Gardner Minshew came in, and that was, you know, a close game. You know, with, yeah. without that Meyer Sanders fumble at the end of the game, they might have won that game. That was super close. So, um, that goes to show, I mean, it, he is valuable to the team. They did lose those games, but I, you know, a lot of it is the situation around him. I'd put him, I'd put him right there. Number three, I'd put him, I could, I still think Mahomes and Burrow are one and two, but I'd put him right there. Number three, he proved it this year. This team had a great record. They were the best team in the NFC. So I, I'd put him right there at the number three spot behind Mahomes and Burrow where they're the best two in the league. Yeah, I think Mahomes eventually is going to win the MVP, but I feel like Jalen Hurts, I mean, if you miss one game in the NFL, that's fine, but if you miss two games, I feel like since there's not as many games and, 
there's not as many. I mean, there's 17. It's a lot, but there's not as many games, so you can't really miss much to be an award like the MVP. But, I mean, I would probably put Hurts still at number two. I'd give Mahomes one, and I'd probably put Burrow three, Allen four. And, well, Justin Jefferson deserves some love, but he's going to be – he's a receiver, so he's not going to likely win it. Uh, but we'll talk about him a little later. But um, in the playoffs, of course, we saw the Niners – beat the Cowboys and Brock Purdy's playing well, but I feel like eventually he's going to uh, eventually he's going to struggle because he is a seventh round draft pick, but he's got so many weapons. Do you think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback or do you just think he's a product of the system because the Niners have such a real, such a good team? Yeah, this was such a, you know, talk about question for a while. I know in the sports community all around. Um, and I, I think, you know, it, it's tough because it, you have to give a little bit to both sides of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Purdy, obviously, is a seventh-round quarterback. There's a lot of questions about his ability. But I think he's proved it. You know, he can be a starting quarterback in this league. Um, but I think the reason they've been winning so many games, which gets credited to him a lot of the time, and, you know, it should be. He is a big part of this success. But you have the best running back in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey. You Debo Samuel, very easy to throw to the guy. Same with Brandon Ayuk. You have a terrific offensive line and probably the best defense in football helping you out. So you have to give some credit to them. Uh, with that being said, though, I think Brock Purdy, I mean, not just anyone can do this. Despite what people say, not anyone can go out there and sling the football and win games like he has, especially in critical moments. I don't know if he can do it this week, but he has at least proved that he is a starting quarterback in this league. He belongs in this league. And you mentioned earlier that you think that uh, Brady would go to the Niners. But if the, if the Niners don't get Tom Brady and they let, let's just say they let Jimmy Garoppolo go, who do you think they go at quarterback? Do you think they go Trey Lance, Brock Purdy? They'll probably have a quarterback competition, but who do you think they'd rather go with, Lance or Purdy? Yeah, I will just say that that Brady prediction I kind of you know thought about and it was reported before we really had this breakout of Purdy. Um, mm-hmm. So I think in the offseason, yeah, those three guys are much better options, um, especially considering their age. But Jimmy Garoppolo, it's just been too much of a roller coaster ride the past year or so. I mean – if they aren't committed to him by now, especially with the way that, you know, uh, Brock Purdy has operated their offense, I, I think you have to give it um, to Lance and Purdy. Now, between those two, I had questions about Trey Lance. Um, people who know, you know, about my podcast know I'm not a huge fan of him coming out of the draft. Um, and, you know, he, we talking about this team, like they're a Super Bowl contender now. We forget in the first game they lost the Chicago Bears, and that was Trey Lance. It was a messy game and all that, but still, you have to give it to Brock Purdy. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and this team has gone far enough to where I think he uh, will give them the best shot to win next season, especially considering Trey Lance suffered a major injury. We don't even know if he's going to be 100% by training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, AFC and NFC Championship, who you got winning both games? Yeah, it's it's close, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this too. But I got I got the Bengals winning. I, I you know I think it's gonna be a gutsy game like we've seen in years past. But I, you know the the thing that really makes me commit to the Bengals is that Patrick Mahomes thing. Um, I talked about how they'll maybe limit him, but it's hard to limit the best quarterback in the NFL at this high stakes of a game. I think Andy Reid's gonna have a similar game plan realistically. But I, I don't think it'll pan out. This Bengals defense is too good. Mahomes is, was limping towards the end of the game. It's tough for me to commit to the Chiefs. I think the Bengals have been a better team. They proved it. Um, so I'm going to go Bengals 24-20. Now on the NFC side, um, 
it, it's close. I've been back and forth on this. It's still, you know, I'd probably make my final decision right before uh, the game this weekend. But I got the Eagles winning. Um, Brock Purdy going out into Philadelphia. He's a seventh-round quarterback, as you mentioned. Uh, I think it's hard for me to just put my trust in him. The Eagles have played so good. And, uh, yeah, they had some, you know, woes late in the season. But the way this team played last week, I think they're the best in football right now. So I think they they beat the uh, the 49ers. A close game. I'm going to go 28-23 on that one. Um, I think the 49ers still put up a really good fight. I actually agree with you with both teams. I think, as you mentioned, the Bengals, I think if the Chiefs have a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes, and yes, I understand that the Bengals beat the Chiefs with a healthy Mahomes three times, but if you look at last year's championship game, if the Chiefs just kick a field goal at the end of the first half, they win the game. It's that simple. So, But without a healthy Mahomes, I'm leaning towards the Bengals. And I don't know what the score would be. I could see it being a low-scoring game, like 23-20 or 23-17. But again, without a healthy Mahomes, that's just so big. He is the best quarterback in the league. He's the best player for the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, I'm leaning more toward the Bengals just because of with the health of Mahomes. Um, on the other side of things, I don't know if it's going to be that close. I think the Eagles are going to prove to people that they're much better than people are saying. And Brock Purdy is a guy I think going to finally make a mistake. You know, I think he's a good he's a good quarterback, but at the end of the day, he's a seventh round draft pick. He's going into Philly. Um, if I could say a score, I'd probably say not necessarily a blowout, but I would say like thirty one seventeen, where the Eagles just kind of prove that they're going to win this game. They're much better, and there's a reason why they've only lost three games in one game without with with hurts. So, I feel like the uh, Bengals and Eagles really makes the most sense. Um, but just like as you mentioned as well. So it's going to be interesting. Now, the Super Bowl prediction, I would probably, if it's Bengals and Eagles, I'd probably rely, I would lean more on the Eagles. But again, they don't have as much experience because that team is completely different than the team that went to the Super Bowl last. But uh, if the Bengals and Eagles played in the Super Bowl, who would you have winning that game? Yeah, I mean, not to be warning, but I'd go with the Eagles too. I think especially with a win over the 49ers, they'd have so much momentum on their side. And mm-hmm. it's tough because I think all four teams that are in right now could realistically win a Super Bowl. It's just which team is going to prove it when the time comes. And I lean towards the Eagles. Um, they just, you know, they have talent everywhere. And the Bengals, you know, I think with a win over the Chiefs, it'd be huge. But, uh, you know, the Eagles, the pass rush really sets it away. They had like four players with over 10 sacks this year. And I know there's still questions about the Bengals line. I, like that matchup alone, if they actually do play each other in the Super Bowl, I think the Eagles will um, just win the battle of the trenches, slow down Joe Mixon, and then also get to Joe Burrow and get some sacks on him, which is how Los Angeles beat them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get the Eagles winning, but again, it's a toss-up. I can see the Bengals also winning, but I'm leaning towards the Eagles. Yeah, again, I agree as well because the Eagles, again, are much better than people like to give them credit for. And you always forget about how good their defense is. I mean, we always talk about their offense and their weapons and their offensive line. Um, but, yeah, their defense is really good too. You can't forget about that. Um, I should have probably mentioned this earlier, and I should have ended with the Super Bowl prediction, but I forgot that DeAndre Hopkins is likely on the move. Um just, I mean, where do you did you think Hopkins gets traded, and where do you think he ends up going to? Yeah, I think he gets traded, and, and you know, would actually, I, I saw it, you know, kind of firsthand. I don't know if you watch it, but the Hard Knocks, the HBO Hard Knocks, I watched it in season with the Arizona Cardinals, where they really go all in, they show the locker room, they go in, you know, interviews with the players, and it just seemed like there was a disconnect between him and Kyler Murray. Uh, 
they're not on the same timeline. Hopkins getting older. He's still an elite receiver, but you know he commands so much money now with his contract situation. So I think Arizona needs to move on that. It seems like they're cleaning house in the front office and their head coach moving in a new direction. Um, so I, I think it seemed like, honestly, my hometown New England Patriots uh, makes sense. Um, you know, it seemed they can really afford him and lacks number one wide receiver. You brought the Cowboys, I think is interesting. Um, even the Raiders, if they choose to go with a, you know, a cheaper quarterback option, maybe figure out like a swap. We might see Darren Waller reportedly on the move or Hunter Renfro there. I think that'd be interesting to pair him up with uh, him and, you know, Devontae Adams then get a cheaper quarterback with great weapons. Like if they choose to bring Josh Jacobs, I don't know. I could see him on a lot of different teams um, because he's, you know, so talented. Well, honestly, I would love to see him with the Ravens. Just imagine if Lamar Jackson comes back, you have Lamar Jackson and DeAndre Hopkins. That'd be fun to watch. But it's also crazy. Just like two or three years ago, we were saying how much the Cardinals stole DeAndre Hopkins and they went to one playoff game. And they're three years together. So it kind of seemed like it was a good, it was still a good trade for the Cardinals, but I feel like it was kind of a loss because they didn't really go do a whole lot. They made the playoffs once and they got blown out. Um, but I mean, we could see, as you mentioned, you could see with a lot of teams. Imagine if he did go to the Raiders with Devontae Adams, you get Josh Jacobs, and maybe Tom Brady takes up, you have to take a massive pay cut, but that team would be stacked. Um, I don't know. It depends really, too. I think, like I said, I would love to see him with the Ravens. Uh, the Cowboys would make some sense, but I feel like he would be demanding a lot of money, and they're already paying a lot to Dak Prescott. Um, some people mentioned the Bills, but now they're on the hook for Josh Allen's massive contract. Um, the stuff the Cleveland Browns are interesting, too. I was just thinking mm-hmm. with Deshaun Watson um, and Amari Cooper, I mean, they, they have money to spend. Maybe, you know, Kareem Hunt reportedly a trade option. Maybe, you know, one of their defenders, Jadavon Clowney, moves off of him. And you reconnect Hopkins and Watson would be interesting too. That would be a stacked team right there. Of course, they're in a very stacked division. I mean, if you if you're talking about the division, you talk about the Browns. I talk about the Ravens. I mean, maybe the uh, maybe the Steelers. Uh, they have Deontay Johnson, but they're not really paying. They're not paying Pickett really much. I mean, he's not really getting paid a lot. But it doesn't seem like what the Steelers would do. But you never know. So again, thanks for coming on, Chris. As we end the interview here, is there anything else you want to mention before we? Uh, and uh and the uh, interview yeah i would say i forgot one thing i'm looking back on it now when we talked about frank reich we talked about the quarterback situation um i, I think you know it just to start off frank reich i, I did want to say I, I thought that was an outstanding hire talked about how i liked steve wilkes there and all that but frank reich is more proven than him he was the better coach to go with i do hope they keep on steve hang on to steve wilkes um, but he was terribly mistreated in Indianapolis. I, I talked about it with the hiring of Jeff Saturday. I think that was an absolute joke. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I hope we have another one of these, JJ. But um, it sounds like I've heard that Jeff Saturday is the number one candidate to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I think Frank Reich earned it in Carolina. Um, so I do like that hire. and think the future is bright there for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I think Frank Reich's a good hire, too. I mean, they did treat him horribly, um, and he did he didn't win a playoff game. or No, yeah, he didn't win a playoff game, but he was close a few times. Um, hiring Jeff Saturday was not a good option. I understand that he has a good relationship with Jeff Saturday, but I feel like that's unfair to a lot of the other coaches. Yes, he won a game, but it was against the Raiders that were not good this year. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like Jeff, it doesn't seem like the Colts would be that stupid 
to hire Jeff Saturday. I shouldn't say that, but it's just like you don't hire Jeff Saturday needs a little more experience. Maybe being an assistant coach, maybe an assistant, maybe an old line coach for a yeah. few years, and then eventually assistant offensive coordinator. But it's, it just wouldn't be a good option to hire him again. He was what one in six, or I think he only won one game, and it was one against the Raiders. He was, and that Raiders yeah. game. I mean, the, like McDaniel's lost games to like the Baker Mayfield in his first game with the Rams. I mean, that team was so inconsistent that it, it's yeah. hard to even put that you know win. You have to almost put it an asterisk next to it. Yeah, and we'll we'll see what happens, but I just can't see the Colts. I mean, the Colts are. Uh, I mean, Jim Irsay is kind of a uh, owner. Unlike, or he's just, he's just a, he's, he's just an interesting guy, but I don't know why he'd want to hire. If you're going to hire Jeff Saturday, just, just re-sign Pat McAfee as your punter slash special teams coach. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to do that, but it's just, oh, that, that's not a good option, but I mean, we'll see what the Colts do, but again, thanks for coming on, Chris. Um, it was great. Again, all the links will be down in the description below the all American sports podcast. As me- as you mentioned, you talk about all a bunch of other sports. Like, uh, I think you talk about baseball and basketball, I'm assuming, um, yeah. but again, don't forget to check out his podcast and, uh, if there's anything else you'd like to say, you can say it, just, uh, feel free. Yeah. Thank you for having me on JJ. Just want to say thank you guys for listening. It was an honor uh, to be on here. Love talking with you. All right. We definitely got to do this again sometime. Again, don't forget to check out the, um, uh, all American sports podcast. You can get it pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple podcast and Spotify. Again, all the links are down in the description below. And again, thanks for coming on, Chris, and have a wonderful night. Enjoy the championship and the Super Bowl in a few weeks. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sports Town Podcast. If you want to check out more videos of the Sports Town Podcast, click on the right.